Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago, and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com. And use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo Decoded Report, Personalized Cannabinoid and Terpene Suggestion, Endo Aligned Product Matching in Your State, Suggested Dosage Guidelines, and Optimum Methods of Administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeca Soft Gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeca Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. Hey, what's happening? It is Sunday and it's after three o'clock. So that means that it's cannabis legalization news time for the week. This, on this show, we're gonna talk about how many plants, cannabis plants, the DEA destroyed in 2022. We have some more big news out of Congress. Uh, We have a fed up mother wellness dispensary that shuts down in Rhode Island. Uh, SEC Ponzi scheme for 60 million bones. Uh, And then there's some smoking cannabis that doesn't carry the same risk of tobacco. We'll dive into that and then stick around. We're also gonna talk about Ohio lawmakers. Uh, More than 90% of California cannabis farms are infected with this pathogen. If you know, drop it in the comments. And how many unpaid cannabis taxes are there in Canada? Hundreds of millions. Don't worry, we're also gonna play some Name That Strain. So let's get going on this week's episode of Cannabis Legalization News. Oh, Miggy, it is good to see you. And why don't you tell us, the the viewers, about the music that we have for our new intros now. AI generated, copyright free. Don't fuck with this YouTube or anybody else, please. 
Hey, AI generated copyright free, uh, and we're using it because right. that allows us to be able to do it. I mean, if you guys want to give us some some music or like a new bumper, that's cool. We're trying to find a new intern for the channel, uh, somebody who can help us put the shows together and like you know edit them. Because you know, remember that 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 bit we shot when we were in Albuquerque like over a week ago? Yeah, still haven't edited it. But again, we're just two dudes that were just trying to like change policy, inform everybody. You know, I even thought about like this weekend or sometime in a couple of days. Anyways, like doing a paywall thing, but like it's so important the things that we talk about that it right. has to be. It's it, it would I think it would stymie the we, we're trying to legalize it here every state, right? Though so, right on. It's gonna be fast yeah, if, for every state. If to they do want, it. if they want to throw us some money, they can. They can become a member. They can join the channel. They can throw us a super chat. We'll talk to them during the show if they are. Uh, and then we can give away more merch because we bought a lot of T-shirts in 2021 that we never gave away because COVID kept shutting down all the conferences. Anyway, let's talk about the main story of the week. DEA had a press release regarding destroying 5.7 million cannabis plants in 2022. However, it was still met with a decline in arrests. So that's kind of some good news and some like fascinating news. 5.7 million plants it's a it's a mixed emotion right i mean uh yeah less arrest but and again it just shows the uh the fruitlessness of the law right mm -hmm. like we're really you're destroying all these plants you're not putting people in jail is it be, because you're not really helping society you're not doing anything you know we can put murders away we can all agree like put the rapists and pedophiles but like a grower is not a bad person they're just a citizen you know like right that was kind of like my uh my advocacy, uh, you know, seeing what we just saw in Albuquerque Canicon mm -hmm. was amazing, dude. Like the, yeah, it was great. The, I've been trying for years to try and reach to the uh, the non consumer, right? Society's mainstream, whatever you want to consider it, dude. Mm -hmm. But I think we're there. I think society. This is the laws that need to catch up with the individual, right? We've proven that uh, every uh, uh, the the issue. Is not partisan, right? It's it's a human issue. It's a no. The solution became partisan, which really sucks. And so yeah. it's like, hey, when do you think they're going to legalize cannabis? Uh, what state? Well, federally. Oh, 10 years, you know, and it's because one senator's like, we need to do this. And another senator says, we need to do it this other way. But they still agree on the same thing they need to do. So that's one of the reasons why it's like, well, can we just decriminalize it yet? You know, can we just stop? arresting the people, let them all out of prison, uh, while one side of Congress and the other side of Congress figures out how they actually want to legalize it. Why are we still arresting people as like another state and another state and another right. state legalizes it? They put out regulations. They start a, an actual legitimate business. The federal government does nothing to stop it. The federal government does nothing to stop it, even though their main job, Congress's, is to regulate commerce amongst the states. It's the Commerce Clause, Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution. Sure. Frickin' stuff that they teach you even before law school. Well, and that was one of the things when legalization first happened that they were, uh, you know, kind of using against uh, people joining into the new markets, right? Like, we can't do too many crazy things like advertise because, you know, the feds might step in. But we're past that point now. Ten years yeah. later, you know, we're past that point of... It's almost like when we talked to Vivian McPeak, uh, you know, he talked about parody. Right. Like mm -hmm. cannabis is just another thing that Americans do. It's just another yeah. thing humans do. Society, whatever shitty term you want to use for us. You know? <laughs> 
Uh, meat bags. I like to call yeah. us meat bags, and we also stink. Uh, gas bags yeah. or gas passers as well. But anyway, this was a statistical report for the Domestic Cannabis Eradication Slash Suppression Program. That is the DCE slash SP. Uh, that put out this report that said uh, 5.7 million marijuana plants were euthanized by the DEA um, in an effort to eradicate and suppress the plant. What did the price of cannabis do? It went down. Great well, work, guys. It's the market, right? The market's going to – every state – that's why what we saw in New Mexico, dude. I think New Mexico is going to be the new American Amsterdam, right? The, mm -hmm. the potential for well, – for one, the growers – to get involved, uh, the, the 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 local citizens, citizens, right? Mm -hmm. Like these are just New Mexicans that are creating this uh, uh, generation wealth for their families and, and businesses. And you know, I can't do that here in Washington. I gotta be have a half million deep pockets, and and I don't even qualify for the social equity program here. So right. it's 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 crazy, dude. It's too you bad because you'd be able to open up a micro license, a shop in New Mexico. And so, like, I'm not sure if you guys that are tuning into the podcast also check out Rob over at CLTV, Cannabis Lifestyle TV, that YouTube channel. It's awesome. He's been on the podcast. We should have him on the podcast again because now he's gone from being like his own grower to they have a farm in, um, oh, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. But they, I want to say that they just got that farm within the last year. Uh, but then you can in Michigan. And so if you have a following like he does, why wouldn't you go get a farm? Because you can get a 100-plant license. And in New Mexico, oh, yeah. that 100-plant license was doubled to 200 plants. They call it a micro-license. And you could stack. So, like, you could be a vertically integrated 100-plant operation out there. Blows my effing mind, dude. I mean, I don't understand, like, what New York's doing where they have it extremely regulated. And they're like, you have to pick a side. You can either be on production or on retail, but you can't do both. And I'm like, what? Yeah. You know. And then I love the states like New Mexico, and they do actually have this type of license in many of the states. Uh, they don't have it in mine. They don't have it in your state, not, not Illinois or Washington. But where you have a micro license that you can also then uh, retail it to the, um, the customers. Oh, right. Well, and I'm glad you brought up Rob because, you know, that was kind of my inspiration. I was thinking about doing like a, a paywall thing, but they're like a grower, right? They've had that grow. Right. They've been doing that thing. You know, a lot of the grow channels are really boom. They're up there or even like our friend everybody Luke. loves the grow channels. And then Luke is just fantastic with the documentaries he does. He yeah. does documentaries about famous people in the industry. People love famous people. Right, right. I'm just saying more of our steez is the pol politics and the, and the culture, which is, which is, you know, you the can't business well. licensing and, and the, the business the, licensing. Yeah. The business period, right? right. You can't do all knowledge. And I, I think what we saw at the the Mexico Canicon with the uh, hell, Remax was on the floor. Brinks. Mm -hmm. Brinks you know, security. Brinks security. But also Brinks. Owings offering. Corning. Owings yes. Corning has their own brand of rock wool cubes to uh, be a competitor against Grodan rock wool. Did you know that? You know, it's just so ridiculous. Well, and then we learned about the new uh, uh, brand that's taken over to Bovitas, right? The new mm -hmm. Bovita, the the new science yeah. behind uh, the humidity. Uh, uh, I forget the name of that company. Uh, the name of the company is Integra, and these Integra. are the boosts. And so this is the one that has the mirror scene. I don't know if I'm going to be flavoring that. Uh, my weed already has flavor, but, you know, if you have some crappy weed, why not? Well, I give it some to my kids, and they're doing it with their lemonoid. So they have... Uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, so people out who know what we're talking about, they not only have humidity packs, but they have humidity packs with terpenes already inside them. So now you can infuse your 
uh, shitty weed, dry weed, whatever case it may be, with different uh, terpenes. It's pretty dope. I, I think it's going to be like a, you know, consumer awareness, right? Like now you can make your own terpene talk, cocktail type things and. Yeah, uh, and that, so that aspect of it's really interesting. I did throw yeah. uh, some of those uh, into my because um, I keep all my weed in a humid uh, humidor. I don't really smoke cigars like ever, uh, and I don't particularly enjoy them either. But um, I do have a humidor because I thought years ago I should smoke cigars. It's something successful people do, and then give them away to other successful people. I just, I just couldn't. And then, uh, but weed. And so I do like that. And then I can yeah. give weed away to other successful people. There you go. Yeah. We got some uh, congressional committee blocks. In the news. Hey, let's talk about some federal cannabis legalization news. Turning the cavalcade away from the DEA's futile mission to eradicate cannabis, where they the price of weed went down last year, and they killed almost 6 million plants. So we got... Uh, Congressional uh, committee blocks GOP led marijuana. I was surprised GOP led part marijuana legalization and fentanyl contamination amendments from the floor and votes. Right. And so key house committee blocked amendments to legalize marijuana and carry out a study into the prevalence of fentanyl tainted cannabis from getting floor action and a vote in Congress. And they were both filed by Republicans who sought to attach to a broader bill to ramp up the criminalization of opioids. And it would also contain provisions to streamline and research into Schedule One drugs. You know, maybe not completely legalizing it, but really starting to do some things that would help. But it was called the HALT Act. That's HALT All Lethal Trafficking of Fentanyl. Uh, interestingly enough, this is from Republican Matt Gates. Uh, however, that he kind of like glommed on to that bill, an amendment to federally deschedule marijuana, and that probably threw it off. So now we aren't going to have anything nice. We aren't going to just learn how to uh, research and and, uh, revise Schedule 1 drugs and also how much fentanyl is actually out there because Matt Gates tried to legalize weed while they were doing that. But, you know, still, it's so ridiculous. Well, I mean, we had both the Safe Banking and Morac go through. So, I mean, how many times uh, are we going to almost legalize it? I still think, you know, it's not going to, it's going to happen by the states first before it happens anywhere else. It's going to. It's already happened 23 times. There's only yeah. 50 states. We still have 27 of them that haven't come around yet, but, you know, um, they are taking steps. Like, they don't just jump into legalization. You first have to have, like, medical for a few years, and then you're more likely to go and legalize. And so this year, Ohio, you know, uh, they may Wait, ballot you know, initiative. True. But like safe access doesn't just mean like safe banking. It also means like safe product and a safe place for people to go make their purchases, right? Not in shady mm-hmm. back alleys. So, you know, these guys keep hitting and missing. And it's and I really hope the federally we get this shit together so it'd be nice, right? Yeah. But we're not. We're not going to get this stuff together. Here's another amendment that was glommed onto it. Republican uh, Maliotics, a Republican out of New York, she wanted to prohibit federal funds from going to public or private entities that operate safe drug consumption facilities. So those facilities that you might set up in a um, heroin-scourged part of town uh, to ensure that the person who is going to use, because they're addicted to it, uh, uses it safely, we needed to fund those, you know, because don't help people, you know? I mean... And again, we 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 we've been treating uh, addiction and everything with incarceration and not not rehabilitation. So, you know, fundamentally, how uh, the government's been treating uh, our, our our drug issue, right? 
we complain about drugs coming from Mexico, but there wouldn't be drugs coming from Mexico if there wasn't Americans using it. Period. Yeah, the demand coming from America. I mean, we we blame the the drugs coming from Mexico and China as well. They also say, oh, the fentanyl's coming yeah. from China, but then uh, it's like. Yeah, but all the demand is coming from you guys. Like, the Americans want to buy it, and then why does the fentanyl demand there? Well, because you guys really prescribed a lot of opioids the last 20 years, like a lot of opioids. And then you just arrested people for weed when you could have been giving them weed first, seeing if that helped with their pain, and then, you know, going to the next step, which would be the opioids. Um, Like, why is is it? That is so stupid. It's just so stupid that we do that. Yeah, why is it that we 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 don't want to encourage like plant-based holistic options first before we go straight to the pills? You know, well, because these plant-based holistic options have like no patentability, and so I'm never going to have to make a key truda for um, plant-based holistic medicines. They've existed the whole time. People can just get them. Uh, that's the thing. There's just no profit margin, or not near as much of a profit margin in them. Yes. Speaking of profits, we got uh, some people on the, what is it, uh, Rhode Island trying to uh, get around the law. Hey, yes, let's talk about the Rhode Island story. The Rhode Island story is one of those things that happens quite often in the industry. It has to do with, um, uh, like, Oops. commercial speech rights. And so advertising and marketing restrictions that the um, cannabis companies have to face and other companies, they kind of do. Like there's rules for where and when you can advertise alcohol. They're usually fairly reasonable, but the uh, cannabis ones become kind of unreasonable. And and this is an example of it. So can we, uh, I might have to share that. I mean, like it just, it's not zoomed in well. And uh, if we try to zoom in, you might hang up the feed. Yeah, like okay. it just says, fed up Mother Earth's wellness pot in Rhode Island. Do a couple more of those. I mean, that's the whole thing, right? These guys are putting mm-hmm. up a, a banner. Uh, you know, all these uh, advertisement restrictions on, on any candidate. And again, what other industry has all the restrictions and bans that and the censorship that happens? Yeah, you did the same thing did eventually to start happening. But remember, uh, 50, 60 years ago, during the Flintstones, the children's cartoon, Fred and Barney would be smoking Chesterfields, you know, and like the, the Spuds McKenzie that really looks like you're advertising beer to teenagers. Uh, and then Joe Cool or was it Joe Cool? No, Joe Camel. Camel. Joe Cool Camel. was with the peanuts. Joe Camel was with the Camel <laughs> cigarettes. And so now you have a cartoon Camel advertising cigarettes. Uh, a lot of those changed as well, but it's like the health, safety and welfare kind of restrictions on your commercial speech. This is ridiculous. Like, what's the commercial speech that, uh, that here that they're saying that they aren't allowed to do? There's a weed ban ad here. For some harebrained reason, the state allowed cannabis sales, but doesn't allow any advertisement. Uh, that's interesting. He's a uh, Pawtucket businessman. And what, this, this, I thought this, okay, Pawtucket is in Rhode Island, isn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And so it's, well, you thought it was somewhere else? Uh, not really. Oh. <laughs> but Massachusetts, no, maybe. These these bands though, these 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 advertising bands are ridiculous though. It doesn't mean it, it doesn't. Why? Why is it there's so much limitation on uh, on uh, letting the people know that you have a product to sell, right? Yeah. Like, well, that's what it is. And 
So there is an advertisement, a billboard for a Massachusetts dispensary, because that's legal. And then the Rhode Island dispensary in Pawtucket, it's like, hey, bro, what's going on here? You're allowed to advertise. Yeah, I'm not a Rhode Island dispensary. I'm a Massachusetts dispensary. But then you can't compete with that other person, which is just hilarious. And so that's a completely arbitrary, should violate the First Amendment, um, at least the commercial speech protections. The reasonableness is just not you, there for them. You know what I don't think that these uh, regulators uh, foresee or understand, too? It's like in New Mexico. I'm going to talk about New Mexico. I had such a good time there. Uh, so much mm-hmm. I learned, too. Like uh, the, the whole fact that Texas, who is going through some things, uh, yeah. uh, you know, all the border cities, uh, the people that we met were killing it. That, that one yeah. gentleman that we met, uh, 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 Rodeo Verde, I think his name was, or his store. But uh, mm-hmm. um, he's on a third store in board mm-hmm. towns. Like, like he's doing yep. okay. Just score. That's us. all he's doing. Yeah, it just I mean, we are helping people over at cannabisindustrylawyer.com. I have it was great. Like I had several clients that we've helped and so we got to meet up with one and hang out and we're going to have a video with him coming on the channel here soon. So don't forget to tune in for that one. We do a dispensary tour in New Mexico and we talk about the differences between that dispensary and one that might be like in your state, like, you know, in my state or in Miggy's state, they're substantially more regulated and they would have cost like Washington state's a little bit cheaper than Illinois, I'd say by a few hundred thousand dollars to just take a tour of an Illinois dispensary is like trying to take a tour almost of like a casino or a bank. I mean, it is just ridiculously secure. You know, uh, 422 is 422. Ah, well, let's just uh, go back and say, hey, it's uh, 20 something past the hour where we guys are at. We're going to take a small interlude to uh, hang out for a bit. Maybe you can hit that bumper. I thought you had it. (laughs) Nope. That was interesting. Was it on a loop for you? Uh, I I, I don't know. uh, Hey, that was brought to you by Collider Base. That's Tom's uh, company. (laughs) Oh, yes. And um, not only is it my company, we are also hiring to a certain extent. Uh, Mostly we're just hiring for sales. And so that position, and then not just sales, uh, YouTube and slash podcast slash marketing intern. So we're looking for a YouTube slash podcast slash marketing intern. That would be uh, this podcast. So if you guys are interested in helping us out uh, as an internship, uh, you know, hit us up over at Collateral Base. There's this little jobs thing. You can fill that out and you might get hit with some pop-ups and some chat windows so that you can leave information. Hey, uh, you see my new grinder? Show that new grinder. Listen to this. Listen to this. So this bad boy, I saw one in Australia. There's a, there's a guy in Australia that makes me just like this, but this guy's a different uh, American, obviously. Uh, but uh, uh, all magnets, how it's connected, so it's just no no threads, which is really cool. And 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 it's got the bearing, so it's got the little like ASMR little, little feel to it. And to top mm-hmm. it off, so I, my uh, my wife just made a, a butter this weekend uh, or gummies rather. So we to make oils, so I bought an ounce of uh, cannabis. Do you buy when you get the cannabis to buy your edibles? And because like in Washington State, you can go buy an ounce, uh, an, a sun-grown ounce, for what, like fifty bucks? 
So I don't know if it was sun grown or whatnot, but with my discount, it was forty two bucks for an ounce of like their their popcorn weed. Hey and guys, if your stuff is forty two dollars an ounce in your state, write the name of the state in the comments. I, I want to see what states are are coming in with a forty two dollar ounce. My state is not forty two dollar eighth. Mm. But I mean, again, it's not the best weed, so it's gonna be butter. And so what I did is I took this grinder and I took the half out and I have a jar and I fit perfectly over top of the jar. And I spent nice. the night, the day, just grinding into the jar. But uh, I, I just really so my old one has a magnet inside of it, and I do the old paperclip thing, you know, for mm -hmm. my bowls. And uh, because this thing is connected by magnets, I was like, oh shit, I can still uh, have a paperclip with it. So oh, interesting. Wow. Not cheap though. It is connected bucks. by magnets. And something else. Hey, you know what else something else is? The SEC is kind of regulating cannabis, which I welcome. And so this yeah. is an article from the Gondrepreneur. T.G. Brandfelt, shout out to him. He had me on his podcast once. We should return the favor and ask him to come on ours. We had him on uh, before. Oh, good. Again. <laughs> Let's just say, that's so many people we've had on this podcast. We've done like over 300 episodes. I don't remember all the guests, but that's all oh, right. Yeah. Like, you know, um, I remember all the good ones. I, you know, it's been fun doing this, see, meeting people in the um, uh, the industry and uh, seeing the evolution of cannabis, how it went from where I would do backdoor deals to mm -hmm. uh, regulation and seeing Brinks at the goddamn thing. And they're giving out, uh, uh, so I guess Brinks is, they're giving free ATMs. They're doing all the legwork. They're getting the money through the ATM fees, I guess. But, uh, you know, if you're in the business and industry, that's the kind of thing you find out when you go to these trade shows. So speaking of going to that trade show, the following week, I, uh, there's mm -hmm. another trade show here locally. It was yeah. uh, the MJ Interchange. So it's kind of like speed dating for growers and stores, like where mm -hmm. like tech people meet and then they switch seats for a minute, trying to pitch right. sell like five minutes, whatever. So did that the following week. And, you know, it, it, it's right now, I think trade shows are not only essential, but they're going to be around forever, dude. You know, like. Oh, yeah. Well, where do you want to go next? Because uh, I, and again, I'm going to try to start ending the show like I'm Bill Maher more. Like, just, well, that's our show, everybody. I'm going to be here. And then uh, that's that's in the future. We have another half hour of, of, of news stories. But uh, uh, I'm supposed to be somewhere on uh, Jan the 6th of uh, June. And then they are all over the place. Uh, they really are. And so you can go to LeafWire and then just see where the, the shows or the trade shows are for your industry. Um, and then if it's one of the states, it's like actionable. And so there's some states that are actionable, like Minnesota, Maryland will be coming. Um, you know, Missouri, it's it's opening on the 6th. Kind of have to go there, you know. And New York, haven't been there yet, but it's just been not open, you know. Well, I mean, you, you're there for business, and, 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 and it's neat to see that, like, you had – actual uh clients that you help get licenses in new mexico not only that dude it was so cool to have people come up to us and say hi and say hey they've learned a lot from us like that was cool to like like mm -hmm. you know to help inspire and say hey you know this is how you get your foot in the door it's not gonna be easy but right. this is how you do things <laughs> yeah that's one of the reasons why and uh guys uh, we're at least trying to win the popularity contest of it uh miggy and i have a nine percent chance of winning a dispensary this year in illinois uh, we might also, I think you also qualify, Miggy, as a micro in Missouri. So if we can find the real estate, I think we should punch that ticket as well and try to put you in because like we're doing a limited number. Uh, but it's, you know how they're doing it there? They got eight mm -hmm. congressional districts in Missouri. And so they're going to do, um, it's 48 in total. Uh, 
two craft grows, which they call wholesalers, small grows and processors, and uh, one dispensary. So it's a two-to-one blend of uh, grows to dispensaries. Mm. And then it's divided by the eight congestional districts. So you take that 48 and you divide it by eight, and that's however many will be available. And then you have to look at the congressional map. And so we're going to hopefully do 15-ish, you know, but it would just be one dispensary per eight and then two wholesales or grows per the other. Eight. So they're expecting, I mean, they're accepting uh, out-of-state applications then? It's like, because, I mean, being me, not a resident of Minnesota, yep. like, okay. Yep. I mean, shit, you know I'm on board for any game. I'm a, gambling. Any business gambling. gambling. Well, <laughs> any business. Th- yeah, but this is legit gambling. Uh, unlike this legit gambling, that was a Ponzi scheme. The SEC shut down a $60 million Ponzi scheme ca- tied to a non-existent cannabis farm. So can you, you know, as somebody who's going to be raising and helps clients raise money uh, in the cannabis industry, how do you, how do you, you know, do it when you get headlines like this out of the Securities and Exchange Committee? Multi-year, $60 million cannabis industry Ponzi-like scheme by Weed Genetics and its owners. Where was this? Uh, well, the SEC, of course, is the Securities and Exchange Commission. So they aren't regulating really the cannabis industry, but they are enforcing fraud and Ponzi schemes, which is great. They just aren't, you know, um, allowing you to list on their stock exchanges. Oh, right, right. Well, yeah. you think, um, so this is interesting. I mean, like, uh, and again, the vetting process is, uh, you know, I'm not a millionaire, nor am I asking for, for, for millions. So I, no, no, I no, you are, out. you're asking well, for millions. Your C Corp is asking for millions of dollars, Miggy. We have yeah, great yeah. financials and a wonderful management team. Sure. But and an just, actual farm. I just don't get how these people don't get the vetting process. I don't understand what you're vetting. Like, is due it, diligence. This this, this yeah. is due diligence. And so, like, when the investor is going to give, I don't know, sixty million dollars, uh, you do a laundry list. In my, I do a laundry list. Your lawyers, your corporate lawyers, are going to tell you, "Here's my checklist. It's a bazillion pages long. We're going to go through each one of these because you're buying or you're investing millions of dollars, and you want to be." Uh, you want your asset that you're you're getting collateralized, yeah. and like, how am I getting my money back? You know, that's what investors should be asking. Sure, sure. I mean, there's the you know, and then, and then also if you have like an actual business per se, an, an ideal dream, uh, to have the uh, what's your exit strategy, right? They ask like how, you know, they don't want you to be hands on all the time in your own business, which is blows my fucking mind. But I also get it too. They want their investment to like be their own grow, right? Like they don't want to be overpowered by what's like, like with the founders. Right, is that what they call like the person who creates a company or whatever? Yeah, the founder is usually the guy who creates the company, and sometimes it's a founding team. Yeah, so this is wild, though. I mean, it's wild. I mean, uh, they're they're promising thirty six percent returns, and they're they're saying that they own and operate weed farms. They don't. They're just lying. It's just classic fraud. Exactly. Do you think though uh, the SEC is going to go after Glasshouse next? Uh, why would the SEC go after Glasshouse? What do they have? Like, is it is it a fraud like this? Because these guys are saying, "Pay us money, we will give you this much return," because we have these assets, and they don't have the assets. And so, if you're telling me like Glasshouse is like the, the owners of Glasshouse, that's not real. It's like all AI generated, or it's a picture mm. or something. Like they don't have the actual license. Yeah. You know, that, that would be interesting because I think Glasshouse is already publicly traded. Like these guys. If you're publicly traded, you have to report to the SEC. I mean, like you have to file, um, you know, reports, and 
I don't know what the requirements for that in Canada are because like they're all Canadian. They can't get listed here. But like, you know, right. if they're listed on like NASDAQ or uh, the, the uh, uh, S&P, uh, it would be um, specific. And every quarter they have to release it every year. They have to release their annual report. There's a, pr- right. pr- ah, there's a prospectus that they would have that you're going to get as a shareholder. So like I own some of those stocks and like you'll get letters of like the annual meeting and how do you want to vote your shares? And, and so it's it's corporate. But um, when it's privately held, that's what I'm saying. When it's publicly traded already, don't you already don't you have more, I guess, uh, fiscal diligence? And, and so, like, there's uh, allegedly there's a lot of uh, backdoor product leaving their business in California, and mm. that which helps supports the business itself, right? And well, publicly- that's that's not really this though. Like, this is. Uh, the statement from the SEC said, Rolf Hirschman and Patrick Williams allegedly had no real company, no product, and no business. Yet despite this, they promised investors everything and delivered nothing. Um, So it's one of those. uh, And what what Glasshouse would allegedly be doing then is diversion. And so the diversion is something that I don't even understand how we would get this off the annual statement. So, like, you can't report it. And so, like, how do you tell your investors? Yeah, but don't worry. If that doesn't sell, the stuff we just lost on a truck will. That's what I'm saying, you know, they, right? Uh, yeah. Tax-free. Tax-free. <laughs> so, I mean, like, and I, and I thought, isn't it the, the purpose of these regulated bodies is to make sure everybody's playing the rules? They're doing the rules right? I don't know. Um, well... There's not a lot of diversion. Maybe there is. I don't know. I don't own a liquor company. But if I did, I bet there's not a lot of diversion in it. You know, like, what are you going to do? You're not going to be like, hey, uh, don't pay the tax on that. Go sell it in Pennsylvania. You know, that's silly. But um, there's diversion risk in cannabis because there's illegal areas. Right, right. I mean, that's the the cost, right? Like, that's why it's going to cost more still in Kentucky than uh, California. Well, yeah, yeah, because it's illegal. And so like the there's demand in Idaho and there's no supply. So, oops, you know, lost the truck in Idaho. That's too bad. (laughs) It was all Delta 9, I swear. Yes, it was all Delta 9. And hey, this one deserves a bumper because we have them. And also, this is something that's so stupid. It's like no crap. Well, and of course you knew that news. It's being reported that smoking cannabis doesn't carry the same risks as tobacco, according to a UCLA study. And this is being reported out of KTLA, which I'm assuming is west of the Mississippi as it begins with a K. Uh, The new study from the University of California, Los Angeles, found some good news for cannabis smokers. The The major risk associated with smoking tobacco is not connected with marijuana. You know, and I, I don't think most people, they say it's the heat, right? The, the heat from the, the lighter and, and the lungs is the danger. But even then, as an asthmatic, uh, the fact that I've been smoking more in my life and I haven't died yet, I just, I'm doing it for science, baby. Doing it for science. I'm trying to study the long-term effects. I remember, like, I've been smoking weed so long that I remember when that was the old chestnut that they would just get out of their pocket and be like, well, 
We've never studied the long-term effects. And now that like Raphael Michelin made it to his 90s, and so did like Dr. Greenspoon before him, and, and Tommy Chong's still alive, Willie Nelson just hit 90. It's like, I think the right. long-term effects are a long life, dude. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Being content? I don't, you know, wellness? I don't know what it is. Yeah, wellness uh, appears to be one of the long-term side effects. Yes, but this was uh, published in the journal Chronic Obstructive Pulmonary, Pulmonary Diseases this month. And it was titled, The Impact of Smoking Marijuana on COPD Progression, a Cohort of Middle-Aged and Older Persons. And they compared people who currently or have used marijuana as part of their longitudinal research, and the subjects were studied for more than four years. Pretty decent uh, study, it sounds like. Neither former nor current marijuana smoking of any lifetime amount was associated with evidence of COPD progression or its development. Somebody's asking what kind of discount I get. I get a veteran's discount in some of these stores. There you go. You get a veteran's discount. And again, neither the study, once again, said neither former nor current marijuana smoking of any lifetime amount was associated with evidence of COPD. Uh, and then we have some quotes from normal, I think. Uh, cannabis advocates, including the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, normal, celebrated the findings, noting that they are consistent with those prior studies concluding that cannabis inhalation, even long-term, is not possibly associated with COPD, lung cancer, or irreversible airway damage. Why is this stuff illegal again? And again, Peter Tosh said, legalize it, now advertise it. You know, he, he said it was good for asthma. As an asthmatic, I can... He said that almost 50 years ago. 50 years 50 ago. Years ago. <laughs> and in here, the science is just catching up. Right, kind of uh, like. Well, the science is not just catching up. The science is only now allowed to be performed. It was illegal to do science. How do you keep a lie alive for decades? You make it illegal to research, and they do the same kind of shit now with guns. You know, why? Why do we have so much violence? I don't know. Let's go study it. No, 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 no. You can't. Why? It's illegal for you to research it. I was like, wait. No wonder we're not going to have any uh, legislation pass on this. And then Smith and Wesson go like, yeah. It's great. It's great. I think it, sometimes the information is already out there and then you get flooded with all the other bullshit information and you just don't know what to to, to believe sometimes. Just... Oh, yeah, that is correct, by the way. That is correct. You just don't even know. Let's we see, got some we Ohio, Ohio news. Yeah, let's hit up the Ohio news and then maybe play some Name That Strain and then uh, we've got a couple more stories. Okay. And, uh, yeah. It's a hey, new member. Week. Thanks for joining. I'll we got a new member. Over. They got any questions? El Capitano, let us know if you have questions. And um, all right, Miggy, did you have that uh, thing queued up? For the uh, yeah next here. story. Right here. Ohio lawmakers reintroduce recreational marijuana bill as ballot drive continues. All right. And in Ohio, they are under a gun to get so many signatures to the official signature counter person uh, by a specific date. I want to say July 7th. No. Is it that close? Uh, see separate signatures generating use, uh, lawmakers. Lots of signatures that they have to get. HB Hundreds of thousands of signatures. 168. 168,000 uh, signatures? No, that's the HB 168 is the bill. Uh, right, uh, because they didn't pass it. They were trying to pass this bill, but it did July not receive 5th. a hearing. And so by July 5th, because their legislature said, no, we're not going to pass legal cannabis, we are fine with medical cannabis. 
it's time for Ohio to act before we fall too much further behind our neighbors. And they are going to see if they can get these Ohioans that are 21 and over on the ballot initiative. It's based on House Bill 168. And they need how many signatures? 168,000? Uh, collect 124,000 signatures. They By need. July 7th? 5th. July 5th. Man, and this is going to be rough. In 88 counties. Isn't this the same state, too? Didn't they collect enough signatures before, and then they, they denied some of their signatures? Wasn't that a thing for the Ohio? Yes, they will. Uh, the signature challenges are replete for uh, ballot initiative states. There will be just signature challenges or just legis like you know uh, uh, administrative challenges. And so, like in Florida, the signature ch challenge wasn't a signature challenge from the Republicans. Instead, it was a direct legal assault by the attorney's general's office, saying preemptively that the language in this ballot initiative that's supposed to be on the ballot in 2024 in Florida is bad, and so that would disqualify him too. I mean, they just, they don't play. The Republicans yeah. do not play. And I say that because, well, when we go and find out who's doing it, 95% of the time it's the Republicans. Yeah, yeah. There's like that few faction that kind of like uh, reproves the other one. Oh, yeah. Matt Gates, uh, Representative Mace, the real free market personal freedoms, personal freedoms. You know, if you smoke a joint, what's that got to do with me? Heck, man, I could sell you a joint, you know, like and then you find out that it's not cigarettes, it's not alcohol, it's not opioids. Why the heck wouldn't you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I like Dr. Lee's name for uh, name that strain. Oh, right. name that girl. <laughs> that's pretty dope. Awesome. Well, uh, that's a pretty good one. And then uh, let me see if we have the name that strain in our stuff and then we can hit that. Yes, we do. Uh, let me just go ahead and scroll down. Do you want to hit that bumper while I pull up the uh, info? Yep. I swear to God, there was a loop on that. Did anybody out there hear a loop? No. You didn't hear a loop. All right, like, I heard a loop. Like the but, music? Yeah. It was purple. Like purple. This one definitely has some purple genetics. Uh, she's beautiful. Uh, you know, very well trimmed and uh, loved, obviously. Uh, so there's this. And then how about some info? Hybrid, of course. What isn't a hybrid these days? Its parents are Sherbert BX1 and Gelato 41. This is a very popular uh, new strain, new exotic strain. Sherbert crossed with Gelato. And that is this one. Very and nice. you could yeah, you can. And so, like, when you know its parents are sherbet and gelato, then you're like, oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah you can see. That's why it's got those colors like that. Mm. Yep. Uh, it's called Earthy and Funky. Medical marijuana patients say they buy it when they're feeling mild symptoms of stress. And it's originally bred by Seed Junkie. We should get Seed Junkie on the podcast. Have them Ooh. do the news with us. And that was another great thing about Canacon, dude. I bought beans. Like, Oh, yeah. Niggas you know, like, got a farm coming. I do like the, the, but the, you know, the great, so like and when I was young, back in my day, no. the scariest no. thing about like wanting to grow or do a thing was acquiring the seeds, right? Like yeah. how do you trust the ones that are online, what stories to believe in and seeing those actual physical places that were there representing uh, their stores and, and, and uh -huh. their farms or whatnot. And right. I, I, so I think I bought beans from three different places and I was given some free beans and I, and what I'm going to do, I'm going to put some beans in uh, uh, an envelope uh, with a return address and put a sticker on it and then do a giveaway. Because, mm -hmm. like, 
I've flaked on giveaways before because like it costs money to pack T-shirts and shit. But I can I can afford a stamp. And so I'm gonna this do kid. that. Put it in there, and we'll do something later. And Jordan calls it out. Yes. Jealousy, and that's what it is. It's a hybrid weed strain made by crossing Sherbet BX1 with Gelato 41. Balancing effects where viewers on Leafly say that it makes them feel mentally relaxed but physically energetic. Jealousy contestant the high 20% of THC, dominant terpene caryophylline, and sometimes associated with a fuel aroma. So this would be uh, gassy. Also, limonene and myrcene, and linoleol and humulene, which makes a complex um, flavor profile of earthy and funk. Love my gassy. I got some jealousy right here. Name of that strain. All right, let's uh, let's go on to the news of the day of the yeah. week. Oh, the next the one. Where do we let off? The well, is this? Oh yeah, the 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 story out of the West Coast, right? Yes. Yeah, we've reported on this before, and if you guys have been in the industry, you guys know about all this, but it's still, like, doing it. And uh, it's um, more than 90% of Cali pot forms are testing with severe pathogen being the HLD, the hop latent viroid. Uh, And this was reported out of SF Gate, San Francisco Gate, on the 25th. And I saw this in uh, NPR when we talked about it before. So, I mean, this yep. is something that's spreading. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, that's scary. I couldn't imagine being a farmer right now uh, and then trying to figure out how to carry out this. Yep. yep. Hop latent viroid or HLVD shrivels pot plants and reduces how much weight they produce by up to 30%. It destroys the cannabinoids as well. Pot's most common active uh, compound that the plant produces, and it has a greatly reduced value uh, on the plants that are um, stricken with this viroid. It makes me think that the DEA, if they found out about this 50 years ago, would have used it. Oh yeah, 100%, just like Paraquat in Mexico. Right. Like but, you imagine know, that they don't they don't swoop in and chop your plants and take them. They swoop in and infect them and then leave. And you're fucked. Yeah. And I imagine though this is is what affects mostly outdoor grows, right? If you're in an indoor grow, you can control your environments. Is that the whole purpose of being an indoor grow? Uh, I don't know. I'm not the expert that you would ask on that, but uh, I do know yeah. that sometimes the only way to get rid of stuff like this is tissue cultures. When it's that, and I don't even know if tissue, because like tissue culture, it can do some things that are like endemic into the plant to get it back to its original genetics. And mm. I, this hemp latent viroid may be endemic, but uh, again, that would be a um, somebody who's a botanist or somebody who like has a plant doctorate should Mic- tell us about. Yeah, microbiology, ecology. It looks like that's the uh, department. <laughs> but um, yep. but hey, I mean, they, scary, they, dude. But Purple City Genetics got a quote on it, and shout out to them. I've had some of their seeds before. They make great genetics. You can take microbiology to the public and put it in their hands. It's important for people to have this type of testing. Shout out to Miggy. He did mention microbiology. So they must have created a new test to quickly identify infected plants. That's Oakland's Purple City Labs. They've released a new HLVD test earlier this year, and then you can go on site and deliver results to a pot farmer in just a couple of hours. So at least then you know, uh, and you can stop wasting money. You know, like you know that crop is crap, and so don't put any more money into it, uh, and then start over. $10 it says for a test. So, I mean, that's, that's an investment right there. 
Well, that's also an example of a company in the cannabis industry doing a couple of things that are like ancillary to buttress their main business. Because like Purple City Genetics, they make seeds. Maybe they have a license for farming cannabis. I mean, why wouldn't you if you already had like a brand for like selling your seeds, right? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, they also then come out with this test, which is now like a new um, like ancillary product that they can sell. Yeah, no, totally. It was, it was so cool to meet people uh, like not only to create ancillary products, but uh, people who are part of also the policy process. Uh, 710 uh, uh, Spirits, I was talking to CEO uh, there, and she was telling me how she's involved with trying to get more regulation done through the FDA. Like, like she doesn't have to. You know, farmers and growers, this affects them. They should be mm-hmm. the ones championing proper testing and all the other stuff, but I think a lot of people are just too busy surviving, you know, sometimes. Definitely, especially as the market price has gone down in certain areas and then the cost of compliance is through the roof. And then you also have to worry about your taxes. But they say that this was first documented in cannabis in a pair of scientific studies in 2019. And then a study confirming the virus presence in samples from a Santa Barbara pot farm estimated at least 90% of cannabis grows in California, according to a 2021 estimate, may be infected with these pathogens. Man, it's a scary time to be a farmer in California right now. Well, yeah, but, um, you know, vertical integration or like understanding how you're going to sell your crop is extremely important in mark, uh, uh, mature market states. You know what else is important? What's up? Not paying your taxes. And so one of the ways that you can, you know, make some more money is to not pay your taxes. Uh, I do not recommend this. It is illegal. I always tell people you are legally obligated to pay all the taxes that you owe. No, really, you are. Like, do it. But um, uh, almost $200 million in Canada is the unpaid tax liability there. Can you believe it? And then not only that, this is from MJ Biz. Uh, MJ BizCon in Vegas ticket starts just for 99 bucks. Let's go buy our ticket. Maybe like we've had their, uh, their founder on before the yeah. MJ biz founders. We can have them back on. See if we can get press passes. We did that last time. It worked. And then we can go to Vegas. Fun. I'm down. Yeah, November 28th to December 1st. Dude, it was so much fun. Well, there you go. We can see the, uh, the, the Las Vegas version of that. And then we also have another, uh, episode of 420 somewhere coming up where, we sat down with Green Rush Consulting's uh, uh, Zeti, and so uh, or Zeta Zeti, and so their founder. It was a great conversation about the industry, yeah. and he just moved over to, to Vegas. So, no, it's it pretty time. happening place. Looking at the uh, the, the taxes uh, situation, dude. So mm-hmm. in 2019 was the biggest one that was outstanding at 147 million. Then in 2020 and 2021, it slowly went down from four million to 60 million. Like, like people were paying taxes at one point. Like, I don't mm-hmm. understand how you get to this position of like uh, finance. You got to pay place. your vendors. You got to pay your da- taxes. Yeah. Which one do you pay? You pay your vendors because then you can keep doing business. Because your taxes, your penalties on that are like six percent. So it's one of the lowest mm-hmm. interest loans you can get. I shit you not. This is some of the reasons why I've heard that cannabis companies get in this position where they aren't paying their taxes because then they'll settle with the tax collectors later and make uh, some type of compromise or they'll have to restructure for bankruptcy. Um, they're Canadian. They can restructure for bankruptcy, but the, the government collects its taxes. It has ways of making you pay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's funny. Uh, uh, my kid's just learning about taxes right now. And, and uh, yeah, it's like, oh, wait till you learn that 
most of your payrolls are paid off by loans. <laughs> you know, it's like the finance world's crazy. Like I, how they choose to like go in debt where uh, it, it blows my mind. Like it's all about the risk, I guess. But, you know. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, even though we just did a, a Canadian one, this next one is very, very English. So English that um, the reporter's name is even something that I don't think it's real. And like the place where it is is so English. I'm like, is that also a lie or is that really a place? So we should definitely do um, a little little bumper before we get too far into this one here. We've got some international news. The Guardian is reporting that the Isle of Man continues to grow cannabis businesses to diversify economy. Uh, and that is by Jasper Jolly. That's literally his name. You can follow him at Twitter at JJP Jolly. You do Crazy. a very good British voice. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. I, I'm going to knock that off. But the Isle of Man for decades has been documented, uh, dominated by offshore financial services. But now its government is planning a new kind of push. Medical cannabis, the British Crown dependency. Oh my gosh, that must be like what they call Guam or something, but like for Britain, they don't call it like a territory. They call it a British Crown dependency is hoping to license uh, as many as 10 firms. We're going to the Isle of Man, everybody. <laughs> dude, uh, by 2025, and grow and export medical cannabis products from the island as part of a strategy to spur development. I, I, I guess I found the, uh, the um, stupid British accent again. Um, <laughs> but they're planning on like doubling their GDP. That's crazy that you're, you're expecting like this one product which, I mean, they could, potentially, with tourism uh, and all the other shit. Yeah, no way, no way, no way. Well, with tourism and all the other stuff, it depends on how loosely they regulate it. But then they're making promises to try to get this thing to be passed. That's what they're doing. They're making promises so that you actually, um, uh, you know, try to allow this legislation to uh, go and become law. And I, and I support that because, you know, Tim Johnson is the Isle of Man's Minister for Enterprise. That is a thing, by the way. And he said the island's government was really looking to diversify our economy and uh, that encouraging a medical cannabis industry was one aspect of a plan to nearly double the GDP in 10 years and create more than 5,000 jobs and give younger Manx opportunities on the island Hey, what do you call the people of the Isle of Man, Miggy? I imagine Manx. Yes, the power of deduction that I have says Manx is how what you call people on the Isle of Man. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's like a, a Dixon slash, I got nothing. Oh, no, this is the best international cannabis news story I've seen in some time. Uh, the Isle of Man needs to legalize it to spur development for the Manx. For the Minx. I, I hope you pass, and I'll see you there in 2025. We're going to the Isle of Man. We're going to get some clients. We're going to charge them loonies, whatever they call their money there. Uh, and then uh, we'll figure out how we're supposed to pay international taxes. No doubt. Uh, you know, I'm all about it. Let's do it. There we go. Yeah. We'll be broadcasting <laughs> from the Isle of Man, uh, the Manxes. But uh, do we have any other – okay, great. Uh, do we have any other stories in the hopper? No, that was it. That was the last one. That's and, great. Uh, yeah. Because then I can be like, well, that's our show, everybody. You can find me uh, this weekend. Uh, I'm going to go to my, my law school reunion. That's not a public thing. But then uh, the next week, uh, on June 6th, I intend to go to Kansas City. And on June 7th, you can join us at our webinar for the Missouri Microbusiness License. It, hopefully, we sell out pretty quickly, and we're only going to help 
two grows and one dispensary per eight of the uh, you know congressional districts. Uh, but it's the opportunity that's presenting itself next. And then the next, next opportunity, we'll finally see if we win a, li- a license, Miggy. We will. Uh, the state of Illinois is going to give us some more updates. They gave us some updates this week. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. No, no, yeah. it was great. And then hopefully, uh, and again, listen to Tom. He, he yeah. used to be a, a banker. Like, he, he knows the business side of things. And it was great seeing you and the element of, like, hanging out with, like, a, uh, uh, other businessmen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was cool. So. Well, because that's what it's about. I mean, like this, it's the cannabis industry, not the cannabis charity. Good night, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Give us those likes and subscribes. And, likes and uh, subscribes. Catch us next week. <laughs> Thanks.